Hello, and welcome to episode 52 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. So this episode is going to be a little different because it is episode 52, one year of podcasting, which for me, it feels like a huge accomplishment. So today I'm going to take a look back over why I started the show, some of my favorite episodes and learning moments, and what you can expect going forward which there are some exciting changes afoot, so stay tuned for that. Now let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. For so long, I thought about starting a podcast, but it felt like a huge commitment and I just wasn't sure who was going to listen and whether it would be valuable for them and whether it would be a good use of my time. And then finally, in January of 2018, I decided to do it. It then took me a few months to get everything in order and figure out what the show would be called and the graphics and the topics and get guests lined up and all of that stuff. So I didn't actually launch until May. The very first episode was actually a pre-episode. It was episode zero. And this is what I had to say then about why I launched the podcast. So I want to start a podcast because it's a huge part of my life. It's my daily professional development. I love listening to podcasts because I feel like I can get really into a topic. And the podcasts I listen to are wonderful but they're not quite hitting the same topics that I've developed some expertise on and the kind of things that I work with my clients and the kinds of work that Meteor does. So I feel like there's a lot that I've learned that I can share to help other people optimize their time and be more productive to cultivate their team and build those healthy working relationships. And a podcast is really a wonderful medium to be able to share those learnings and build relationships with individuals in an audience to help them become those rock star bosses with thriving teams. And a little later, I go on to say, well, the podcast is called The Modern Manager, and that's because the job of managers these days is really complicated. So for all of you who are listening who are managers, I feel for you. It's a tough job. We've got multiple generations in the workforce who all have their own kind of ideas of what it means to be part of a team and what it means to be in a job. We have growing virtual teams and geographic separation of team members. We have technology coming in in some ways that feels amazing and other ways that feels overly complicated. We've got the increasing role of collaboration and cross-functional teams. So to really be a rock star boss and be great at your job and love doing it and have a thriving team where the individuals on your team are also loving their work and loving the collaboration process and feel good, it's not easy. But as a manager, we really have the capability to create a work environment for ourselves and our colleagues that enables everyone to flourish while also accomplishing our goals and making a positive impact. It's not just about feeling good, but doing good in the job as well. Now, first off, you may have noticed that I changed from rockstar boss to rockstar manager. I do not remember why I started with boss and why I switched to manager, but that happened. But on a more serious note, I have heard from many of you that you are learning and you are trying new things. And so I feel pretty good about the content that the show has put out and that it is delivering on the promise and the intent of helping you be a rock star manager with a thriving team. You may have also heard me mention that I love listening to podcasts because it's my daily dose of professional development. 
One wonderful side effect that I've had this year is that I have gotten to learn so much from my guests along with all of you. And I looked back at some of my interview episodes, and of course, while each of them had something really powerful or insightful or special to share, I narrowed it down to five of my favorite episodes in which I had an aha moment or I learned something new. And so here is a quick snippet from each of them with one of my favorite moments in our conversation. First up, and these are going to be in numerical order in case you were wondering, is episode 10, Effective Meetings with Elise Keith. You may not be surprised that I picked an episode on meetings because meetings are totally my jam. But even if you aren't a meeting geek like me, Elise frames meetings in a way that even I found enlightening. Here she is talking about one of the reasons it is so hard to change behavior and culture around meetings. The definition of a doom loop is, is basically it's a belief cycle, a negative belief cycle. So if you believe something is awful, right, and then go to act on something that you believe is awful. So if you believe, for example, that meetings are fundamentally a waste of your team's time, then because that's a waste of time, most people then don't put more time into preparing and getting excellent at running something that they believe is a waste of time in the beginning. So they don't prepare for their meetings. They don't have clear purpose and goals and whatnot. Everyone else shows up to the meeting seeing that there's no clear preparation, no clear goal. They have a meandering conversation that goes a little bit long and is filled with, you know, the hot air of whoever happens to have the most hot air at the moment. Uh, They leave the room without anything in particular being accomplished. And the meeting, in fact, does end up being a waste of time, therefore completing the loop, reinforcing your belief that that meeting was a waste of time, right? So that's a doom loop. You have a negative belief, which causes you to take a negative action, creating a negative behavior, giving you a negative result, reinforcing your negative belief. The opposite, of course, is when you change that belief at the beginning. If you think instead of meetings are a total waste of time, you think, you know what? My meeting is the place where my work and my culture and my people come together and I can really make things happen. This is where the action is. Then the way in which you approach that meeting changes dramatically and the results you get also change dramatically. You create a different loop. I've heard over and over that meetings are a necessary evil or we hate meetings, but we have to do them. And that negative mindset can definitely keep you from ever realizing the full potential of productive and enjoyable meetings. Meetings are not just a behavior, they are a mindset. And Elise just said that so beautifully. Also, a quick self-promotion. I wrote a book on effective meetings called Momentum, Creating Effective, Engaging, and Enjoyable Meetings, which you can purchase on Amazon or in bulk on my website at a discounted rate. I also have an online course on how to lead effective meetings, so check that out on my website as well if you are interested in transforming your meetings and becoming a rockstar meeting leader. Okay, number two is episode 14, Personality and Preference with Rob Toomey. If you have listened to the show for a while, you may know that I am a Myers-Briggs junkie also, and I find the ideas of personality and preference extremely helpful in understanding myself, my team members, and even my coaching clients. So here, I've just asked Rob how you apply these ideas of preference when you're about to interact with a team member, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, it's an art, and it's something that you know really successful managers master over the course of their career. But I think one of the cool ways to think about it 
is just imagining that there's a really quick pause right before you choose how you're going to deal with a particular situation or a particular person on your team. And in that pause, you're asking yourself, what's the best approach for me to take in light of the person I'm likely dealing with? And that pause is a million dollar pause because each time you reflect and stop yourself from doing what is your default approach, you know, the way that you would like to be managed in that situation, you increase the likelihood of getting the key that's actually going to open that person's door correctly, <laughs> as opposed to stomping on their core values or at a minimum, you know, hitting the mark pretty far off to the side. And I think that that pause is really powerful. And you can even get into the conversation with people that you've been working with for a while and be like, so what is it that is most motivating for you? Or what is the best way for me to give you feedback in situations? So, you know, that conversation is really powerful, but it's stopping yourself from just going with what you would naturally do in that situation. If you are interested in learning more about your personality and preferences or want to do so with your entire team, it is one of the special coaching services I offer. It's also my favorite program because 100% of the time, guaranteed, there are aha moments. I have done this with dozens of people and without fail, somewhere along the way, a light bulb or two or 20 go off and it is transformative. You can learn more on my website, and if you're a member of the community, you get 30% off of this service. All right, number three is episode 26, Quieting the Inner Critic with Tara Moore. Tara and I talk about fear and the inner critic, but the snippet I want to share is when she talks about being a manager and seeing other people's inner critic and what to do about it. Here she is. As managers, we often get a close-up view of our team members in our critics. Like when you want to give someone a stretch assignment and they don't feel like they can do it. Or when someone on your team makes a mistake and you watch how their inner critic takes hold of that and it can really get in the way of their confidence and their productivity, mm -hmm. right, for a long time. And what we do, and we do it with our team members, we also do it with, you know, our kids as parents, is we make the mistake of thinking that sort of our encouragement and belief in that person can make their inner critic go away. And so we make our conversations that are like, no, 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 you can do it. And you're great at that. And I totally believe in you. And occasionally, you know, that might tip the scales for someone in that moment. But most of the time, it does nothing to quiet their inner critic, right? And you can think about for yourself, you know, the times when your inner critic has been really active. If your boss said to you, I know you can do it, that would be just as likely to increase your feeling of pressure and self-doubt, right? <laughs> Versus yes. make it go away. Oh my gosh, right? yes. So what do we do instead? And I think there's a real opportunity for managers to start to bring a conversation to their teams about the inner critic. So rather than arguing with your team members' inner critic, we're kind of going up a level to the meta, wow, okay, we all have this voice in our head. What is that? Let's talk about it. What are some of the things that our inner critic says to us? And then what could be some of the fears behind that? And how would we each act if we weren't listening to that voice? Just starting to play with the concept of, yes, we have this voice. It's not the voice of truth. And how can we manage it in the moment? The idea that your encouragement can actually add more pressure has totally changed how I respond to people when they show a lack of confidence. Okay, number four is episode 32, Give and Receive Better Feedback with Roble Curse. 
Giving and receiving feedback is a topic that comes up over and over again for managers. So here is Roble explaining the four-step process they use at Life Labs. The first one, just getting a micro yes from people. And a micro yes is just something like, hey, is it okay if we chat about fill-in-the-blank topic? And pull on the side, probably get into a one-on-one conversation. And the contrast here is if you don't specify the topic, I don't know if you've ever gotten a text message from a significant other at some point in your life that read something like, hey, can we talk? That spike of anxiety or emotion that comes along with it. Uh, that's just because the topic isn't specified in the micro yes, and that's a, the important step there. And then to me, the most critical component of any good feedback conversation is that you're really giving data-driven feedback. And that's the second part of the process here. Trying to literally give feedback that you can see on camera. If I can see it on camera, I can hear it on camera, it's going to be data-driven. It's not going to be open to interpretation. I say that, you know, you were treating me rudely yesterday. It's pretty blurry. I don't really know what you mean by that. It's going to make it more likely that I'm going to get uh, frustrated in response to that. Uh, and I don't know what to do differently in the future to treat you in a way that you'd like to be treated. When it zero in on the specific behavior, you were frowning at me or you didn't say hello. Once you share what the behavior is that you want, either want to see more of, which would be positive feedback, or less of, negative feedback, then we can talk about the impact of your observation. And so, you know, when you did this thing, it, it had this type of impact, which could be maybe it, it upset the client, right, for example, or maybe the impact of the behavior is having an impact on a product that you're working on inside of the company. I want to let them know in your perspective why you think the observation you just shared with them matters, maybe why they should do something about it. And then the last part of it is just opening up the floor to hear their perspective on reality as well. I just want to ask some authentic questions on the back end to hear what they have to say. Reality is, for me at least, feedback, all feedback is, is sharing your observations of reality, flawed and certainly not the whole picture, with somebody else and, and seeing if that's going to lead to a natural adjustment in their behavior. It's not advice, right? it's not a directive, we're not telling people what to do. Feedback conversations start with the observation. And if we do this stuff well, we keep people in the neocortex where we want them to be, rational, then they can think about what they want to do as a result of hearing it. Giving and receiving feedback is a skill and a muscle that we can develop. I am still working on it, and a few months ago, I asked a number of people I work with in various capacities to give me feedback, both what I'm great at and where I can improve. And what I heard from them was both really reassuring and quite eye-opening, even if it was a little bit hard to hear. One thing that has helped me be better at accepting feedback is using the concept that feedback is always given with the intent to help the receiver get better. So even though there's often a moment of anxiety before you have to give constructive feedback or a moment of hurt or pain that comes after receiving constructive feedback, it is worth it if the result of that feedback is a step in the right direction. Okay, the last episode is number 38, How to Unleash New Ideas Through Failure with Jesse Fowle. I asked Jesse about how to create a culture in which people actually share ideas and try new things, which feel risky. And he says this. Okay, so then we get into the point where we haven't solved the fact that people are still nervous about submitting a new idea that could potentially fail, that could potentially make them look bad, right? And so this is where we start to figure out how to cast these ideas in a different manner. And so instead of talking about them in measures of success or failure, we talk about them as opportunities for learning. And I know that that sounds like uh, your typical consultant buzzword sort of pass through, but it's very important in terms of 
we set a KPI internally for a frequency of learning within the organization. So we want to learn at least 12 new things per week, right? We're running sprints and we're going to execute experiments to have 12 new pieces of learning based upon that strategic initiative, knowing that whether it's something that disproves a theory or something that proves this theory is going to push us further down the destination to achieving our objective. And so that way we're able to actually celebrate the fact that, hey, something didn't work out the way that we wanted it to um, versus, wow, that actually was exactly what we thought was going to happen. They're equal in terms of that KPI, which is still the highest priority KPI to track. What I love about this framing of learning is that it equalizes failure and success. And as Jesse mentioned, it's that figuring out what doesn't work is just as valuable as figuring out what does. So as a manager, you can actually celebrate all ideas because any idea can lead to learning instead of only celebrating the best idea and the ones that actually worked out. So that was my look backwards. I didn't go back over all my solo episodes, but a few of my favorites are episode 23, Getting a Handle on Procrastination, and 37, Designing Your Management Style. So check those out if you haven't yet. And now, looking forward. First, I am super excited for some of the upcoming guest interviews. There are some really fun, interesting, and eye-opening conversations that I've recorded, and I think you're really going to love them. I am keeping the format the same since it seems to work pretty well in terms of guest episodes that are about 30 minutes and solo episodes that are about 15 to 20 minutes. And on occasion, I will continue to produce the Parenting Your Business episodes. If you haven't listened to those, any episode that starts with PYB is part of my bonus series where I talk about lessons learned and similarities between parenting and business. And now, some changes to the show. I have pretty much been following the pattern of one guest, one solo episode, but I am now going to move to a pattern of three guests, one solo. So basically one solo episode per month instead of two. And I'm making this change because solo episodes take a lot more time and energy with researching, writing, recording, and producing the guides. I don't want to outsource any of that, and I definitely do not want to reduce the quality. So in order to make some more time in my schedule, I have decided to just do fewer solo episodes. If you feel like this is a terrible mistake, please tell me. If you love the solo episodes, I want to know because I am happy to do more of them if you are finding them to be super valuable. Now, in the meantime, what will I do with all of this extra time I have freed up, you might be wondering? Well, a couple things. I am planning to launch a course for managers. I am still figuring out all the specifics for it, and I would really love your input. So if you're interested, you can go to mamieks.com new dash course, and you can fill out a really short survey that will help me design this course. And as a thank you for giving me your input, you will get a 10% discount on the course when it launches. That link and all the links I've mentioned and all the links I'm going to mention are all going to be in the show notes as usual. The second thing I'm going to do is open up a few more coaching spots. So if you're interested in one-on-one coaching or team coaching, please reach out to me. Another set of changes I'm making is to the membership community. First, because I'm shifting to three interviews and one solo, the price is adjusting, which I'm going to go over in a minute. But I'm also really excited to share that I am moving the membership site off of Patreon and onto my own website, mamieks.com. This gives me the ability to offer more value to you all through greater functionality and controls. 
For example, members at all levels now will have access to a community forum where you can ask questions and I and other community members can respond. The new pricing goes like this. For $15 a month, you can get every episode guide and guest bonus. And at this point, that is hundreds of dollars of value for $15 a month. For $50 a month, you can get all those episode guides and guest bonuses, and you can join the monthly group coaching call where I will address your specific questions in this interactive and intimate session. And lastly, for $300 a month, you can get all of those things I already mentioned, plus a 45-minute one-on-one coaching call with me. If you work for a nonprofit or a government agency, please email me and I will set you up with a discount for all of those membership levels. Now, if you are already a member, my apologies that you'll have to re-register. Also, if you are paying a lower price than what I mentioned, you are going to keep paying that lower price. And if you are paying a higher price than what I mentioned, you will now pay the lower price. Don't worry. I know it's like a little messy, but it's going to be easy. I promise. I will email you a link directly to resubscribe and you will get 20% off of your first month and I will send you a special Modern Manager mini notebook, which is usually only available as a thank you gift to my guests. And I will also throw in a Meteor meeting notes log, which is a notebook that Meteor produces to help you clarify the outcomes of your meetings. So thank you in advance for taking the time to move over. I really appreciate you having joined and been a member of the Modern Manager community on Patreon. So thank you for moving over to the new site. Now, if you are not yet a member and you join before midnight Eastern, June 30th, you can also get those special gifts to show off to your colleagues and friends. So if you have been thinking about joining, now is a perfect time to do so because you get those two extra little bonus notebooks and they are super fun. I am also now able to offer all of the full episode guides for sale as individual items on my online store. So if you're still not ready to join the membership community, but you have just really wished that you could get that guide on -on one-on-ones or some other individual episode guide, you can now purchase it. I have mentioned a ton of links, which are all in the show notes again. And if you've subscribed to my newsletter, they're in your inbox. So please check those places, take advantage of these discounts and the new offerings and give me feedback on the course. Now, finally, before I wrap up and say goodbye for the day, a few really big important thank yous. First, to all of you who listen and who are trying new management approaches, it is because of you that I do this every single week. And a special, special thank you to all of the members of the Modern Manager community. Thank you for investing in yourself, and I look forward to finding even more ways to support you this next year. To everyone who has left a rating or a review, I know that these seem like something so small and inconsequential, but they are actually critical in helping other people know that it is worth giving the show a listen. So thank you if you have done that. And if you haven't yet, you still can. So please leave a rating or review. It only takes a minute. Now to the team at Sweetfish Media for helping me launch the podcast. You guys were awesome to work with. And one year in, I am still loving the name and the logo and the intro music and all of the stuff that you helped me put together. To Andrew for your audio editing magic, it is such a pleasure working with you and you make the show sound so professional and you clean up all my mistakes, so thank you so much for that. To my awesome assistant Kay for all of your support with the blog posts and the social media for each episode. And of course, to all of my guests, thank you for sharing your expertise with me and all my listeners. Lastly, thank you to my husband Justin who built my recording closet and is my biggest fan. 
I know you are probably not listening since you stopped listening to my show after about 15 episodes, which I have told you is totally fine, and it is. But I do want to say thank you for your support and the really fun sound-absorbing space that I get to sit in for hours each week. That is it for today. Instead of a mini guide this week, I have got a file that contains all of the mini guides I've produced over this past year, so you can download them all at once. Thank you to Shannon E. for that idea. To get this file, go to mamieks.com slash miniguides, or it is in your inbox if you are already a subscriber. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to another year with you. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.